Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Straight Talk Podcast. I'm your host as always, as he is Vince. I am back talking Bulls basketball. Honestly, this feels like all we talk about now. This might just be a straight-up basketball podcast at this point. Honestly, I'm here. I would not be mad. <laughs> I'm here with Basharat again. Bro, we, we're back at it, man. We're knocking out three podcasts in a row, man. Actually, like, if you go back. This is our fourth podcast in a row, if we include the Donovan Mitchell emergency pod that we did back in September. Oh, yeah, that's right. You didn't have another pod after that, did you? No, 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 no. Uh, no, it's just, it's mostly, it's the two standings ones that we did. They dropped last week. Uh, this is obviously being recorded uh, opening day, day one of the regular season. Had to be re-recorded Uh because we lost the file. Oh, you're letting them in on the behind the scenes. Oh man. no, yeah, yeah, you gotta pull back the <laughs> curtain. Yeah, so this is a this is being redone. So twice, uh, second time's a charm, I guess. Uh, Bosh, how you doing, man? How you been? I've, I've been well. I'm doing good. I'm really anxious to get the the Bulls season started. I'm uh, loving uh, Bulls basketball, man. It's it's been a while since they've been relevant, you know, at this at this level. So it's uh, yeah. um, it's exciting. Yeah, uh, obviously this is being recorded. Uh, Technically, Wednesday morning, like right after like uh, like 1 a.m., like almost 2 a.m. Central Time. Uh, and the Bulls are going to be playing tonight. They're going to be playing their first game of the season in Miami against Miami Heat. They obviously won. Obviously, we see the future and they won. Of course. And this, <laughs> this is going to be uh, this is going to be uploaded. Uh, yeah, Jimmy um, Butler and Bam Adebayo didn't just destroy them as they, you know, as they, they tend to do. do. As yeah. they usually do. No, no. Nikola Jokic went out there and was bombing from three, and so was Andre Drummond. <laughs> now uh, this it, this is going to depend. This is either going to be called him Jokic. A uh, little bit of wishful thinking, but called him Vucevic. This is going to be. I I don't know. I haven't decided yet. So this is either going to be dropping Friday morning before they play the home opener against Cleveland, which I'll be attending. And. Uh, oh, nice. If not, then I have attended the home opener and they won. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and this is dropping the Monday after. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bosh, we, like, I, like I mentioned, we're here to talk to Kyle Bulls. Before before we do, go ahead and give this episode a like, a subscribe, a download. Anything you can to help support the show. Search up SES Vince in your podcast feed. We're available just about everywhere. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, The Works. Follow me on Twitter at SES Vince. And you can follow Bashara on Instagram at system lord without the e yep. getting good i'm getting good at introducing you i feel like I'm, yeah it's getting uh pretty smooth yeah, yeah i'm rounding it out into season four man uh so what we're going to be doing in this episode and it's going to be what we're going to be doing for most teams this uh this team preview where we kind of like go in depth about the six teams the six things that kind of stood out to us and we're going to be doing uh, our six star picks and just going negative negative stuff, positive stuff that we saw from these teams. And then to round things up, we'll do a rapid fire uh, team awards predictions. And uh, just kind of go from there. We're going to be starting things off with the Chicago Bulls. As I mentioned, I have penciled in the Toronto Raptors because we're going to be collaborating with Wednesday Night Wallop, Ryland from Wednesday Night Wallop. If we're able to, we're going to get Kyle and Ryland. If the schedules permit, it'll be the two of us with Wednesday Night Wallop. If not... I'll hold down the fort, and then uh, Bashara and I will go ahead and cover other teams. Let us know who you want us to cover if we don't cover your team. If uh, we're interested enough, we might just sit there and actually do a preview for that team. So let us know on social, social media for sure. Bosh, yeah. I'll let you kick things off. So we're going to be doing our six-star picks, and uh, let's just jump right into it, bro. Six, 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 yeah, <laughs> you have to let them in that we we took a couple tries the first time around, but yeah. <laughs> Bosh, kick us off, man. What's your one star pick? So my first takeaway, my one star pick from the preseason is that Zach Levine is going to need a little bit of time to work into full shape. Uh, he's kind of, you know, he came out there, he looked very healthy, but he played pretty limited minutes, about 22 minutes a game. 
Um, he wasn't as uh, he was aggressive going to the hole, which was nice to see. But he wasn't as aggressive in terms of how much of the offense was coming through him. He wasn't taking quite as many shots as he normally would, or trying to take over scoring. He also took some shots that were probably not the best. You know, he, I think he's going to have to get back in the rhythm to learn where his best, uh, you know, shot spots are on the floor at, at mm-hmm. one times of the clock. Um, his passing chemistry seems pretty solid already, um, but he has a very high number of turnovers. I actually was, you know, it's a little concerning uh, if you just look at it, it with raw data. It's just uh, in the context of the fact that he, you know, he's coming back from this injury and he's working his way back into, he didn't play any five on five in the off season, you know, like DeMar did and DeMar, you know, in mid season form in that, in, in the Drew League. Mm-hmm. But uh, Zach, Zach had a, uh, Again, like I said, 22 minutes a game, not very many, 3.3 turnovers a game. Now, if you, if you might not know whether that's high or low or where that ranks, that's definitely the highest in the team. DeMar was second. He had a full turnover a game less than Zach in a couple minutes more per game. Now, even considering that it's preseason, you want to try things, you want to be a little bit experimental, that's very high. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, Zach, you know, during the regular season, played 13 more minutes per game. So about 35 or so, 36. And he, again, averaged a full turnover less in those 35 minutes than he did in the 22 minutes he played this preseason. So it's going to be a little bit of time for him to get in the flow of the offense. I think watching his uh, the distribution of shots uh, makes it very clear that he's not going to come out gunning probably right away maybe yeah. as he feels it if his if he's just feeling it he'll take over that game but otherwise he's going to kind of defer to start so i think as much as we expect from zach and expect him to have a good year it could take a little bit of time for sure um yes those are some concerns but there were some good positives from zach levine's play this preseason obviously the scoring numbers aren't what you want them to be but i did see a little bit more of a methodical attacking style where he was trying to get to his spot in the paint yeah, I was in attendance for their preseason game against uh, the Denver Nuggets, and he was attacking. Like he, obviously, they were few and far between. But when he attacked, he got his shot inside, and he and he his athleticism looked really good. Like he was back yeah. to the old Zach, making moves, not just that one. He had a my frustration to... last year where he did the one uh, Euro step, try to move, but no, <laughs> this time he had he had bounce and up and unders, and you know, adjusting in air. That was really good to see. Yes, for sure. Uh, so. Yeah, there is some concern to Zach, but I don't believe it to be a major concern. I, I I knew to expect him to take a minute to run into shape, especially in preseason. I'm, Zach strikes me as the kind of guy that's going to be like, it's preseason. I'm going to try to like get some shots and try to get something in. But right. for the most part, we're, we're not really going to see what he's going to be capable of to start things off until later on tonight when they face off against the Miami Heat or after uh uh, after Saturday, when they f- get the home opener against the Cleveland Cavaliers, you're Both. definitely right. Yeah, he's. We're gonna see what he see what he what he shows in the first two regular season games to really get a good idea. So far, it's less of a concern, more of just a caution of not to expect too much from him right away. On my end, you you strike me as a cautious, uh, 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 uh pessimistic Bulls fan. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, you, you, I, I, you have the kind of like the mentality of like. If you ex- expect disappointment, then you're never truly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit of that Mary Jane vibe, huh? Yeah, the Mary Jane vibe. Shout out to Spider-Man. Um, moving things, uh, I'm going to start things off with my one-star pick, and that's going to be Vooch, man. He was probably the most consistent player out of the, the starting five in that whole preseason. I hope that he keeps this going. He looked at least like... Style-wise, like obviously he's not going to put up the numbers that he did when he was with Orlando, but he looked aggressive to get in his shot. He looked like he had a lot of energy on defense. He was obviously he's not the best defensive player, but I saw him doing the best he could on that end of the floor, and he wasn't pressing. He wasn't forcing the issues and feeling like he had to shoot the three. He was taking the ones that was given to him, and he looked confident. And he took them in stride. What were your thoughts with Butch? Uh, it perfectly segues in because uh, that's my two-star pick uh, of, of a takeaway from preseason, and that's a more comfortable Vucevic um, taking and hitting his shots, like you said. Um, uh, you know, he... I think he should be used more with the second unit this year. And I think he might be, I, I actually saw some uh, Billy Donovan's comments. I forgot, um, sorry to the reporter who, who included this in their, in their interview, but um, he mentioned uh, uh, something about, you know, seeing how the second unit performs. Uh, Donovan actually mentioned using the second unit, possibly even as a whole five man unit. 
Um, but basically seeing how they can perform now without DeMar, whereas last year, you know, the second unit was so offensively challenged. You needed DeMar DeRozan to provide the entire offense that time when you had the bench players on the court. Now you don't need that. I think you can sit DeMar a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he likes to play a lot, but it could be beneficial for not just the team and DeMar's you know, long-term health, but also for the bench players themselves. I think Vucevic could be used with that second unit. He looks very comfortable. He doesn't look like he's just turning and taking shots where he's not wanting to take them because that's where he thinks he should. Um, he looks like he knows exactly where to go. Uh, very, very happy with Vucevic's play. Like you said, the most consistent starter in the preseason. Yeah, and look, a lot of people, a lot of Bulls fans specifically, gave gave him a lot of shit. Me, me, me specifically. I, I won't sit here and lie and pretend that I've always been a Vooch supporter. I liked him as a player, but I was crucial of him when he uh, he was traded to the Bulls uh, last year, midseason, the trade deadline from Orlando. I'm like, okay, there's going to be some adjustment period because he's used to being the number one option for so many years in Orlando. Right. Then to have to be the number two guy in Chicago, play a different style. I did get a chance to see him play firsthand against Cleveland last last year in the regular season, and it was that game. And it was my girlfriend, actually Melissa, that actually helped me like get a little bit more appreciation for Vucevic because she saw. Yes, shout out to Melissa. Um, The the intensity that like how much he cared, like you saw that in his play in person, and that just made me warm up to the guy a little bit more and just like him. Granted, I would like a Jokic on the team instead of him, <laughs> but if you look at Vooch, if he's playing like he, he was playing in the preseason, he's arguably a top five center in this league, without question, in my opinion. He and played, like, that's he probably well. not, and that, that's not even my bias talking. Because you look at, if you sit there and actually look at the centers, there's Embiid and there's Jokic, hands down. Right. And then, then you got guys like Gobert who are specialists on, on the defensive end. or Right. But, then you have guys like Gobert, and then like maybe a DeAndre Aiden if you want to go there, but he yeah. wasn't. You've got solid guys throughout who, who when Vooch is playing at his best, you can definitely lump him in there with, whether it's mm-hmm. Aiden or, or it's Jonas. It's Fanny more of a conversation. Right. It's more of a conversation. Right. right. For sure. So Whereas last year, it was you couldn't put him in that tier. No, no. He was just, he seemed very hesitant and unsure of where he fit, and it really affected his play. I think it's a conscious effort from Vucevic to go back to to his uh, style of play because people forget he's not a three-point shooter that's not he's not a stretch five that's never been his game he's always been a back to the basket low post kind of scorer guy and it was him developing that three-point shot throughout his career in orlando that allowed him to be the versatile offensive threat that he is and that's what we need from him yeah. Because if, like you mentioned, if he plays with the second unit, he needs to be inside because he can abuse just about anyone in the low post. He and has he's a good post. passer. He can find. He's those, a fantastic those, yeah. passer. Heck, you can maybe even use him like kind of like a Jokic or even a Joakim Noah when he when he was the the star uh, center for the Bulls and play him at the top of the key and making plays for others because I think he can do that as well. You saw in preseason he was hitting those bullet passes. Uh, from yep. off the rebound in the fast break to help get it the Yeah, DeRozan. launching him down court. Yeah, yeah. If 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 Uch can add that to his game, it's going to be cr- tremendous. So Very much. I don't know. Uh, that was your two star pick. That right? was my two star. So we can move All on right. to yours. Yeah. Okay, uh, my two star pick from one center to the other, Andre Drummond. Man, he's he's, <laughs> he's better than expected. Because uh, maybe it was the <laughs> the Tristan Thompson signing from last year where. I was high on it because of the name value behind it and not actually the, his encore performance at the time with Sacramento. But I was a little skeptical with the drum and sign. I'm like, okay, it's, it's going to be okay. He's going to be able, able to at least get rebounds, which is what yeah. I want. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, will he be able to protect the rim? Will he add anything defensively? Will he be able to finish consistently at the rim and not get like beat up or I don't know, but based on what I saw in uh, in preseason, man, he's looking good. And then on top of that, we got to talk about it, man. We have mentioned it a few times in our standings. <laughs> he's the he's the new stretch five on the team. He went three for three against Toronto, man. What are your thoughts on Drummond? 
like I said, uh, when when we were evaluating their offseason, I did call it a Bulls free agency flop. I still stand by that. It's not because, again, that I think Dragic and Drummond are bad pickups. It's that they are the pickups and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what caused me to label it a flop, as well as the fact that the Bulls did not use all of the the cap uh, flexibility available to them with the mid-level exception. Um, they did not, you know, approach the luxury tax. So they like a guy like Isaiah Hartenstein, a guy with uh, who's young, who is a stretch five, who can hit the three, you mm-hmm. know, uh, during the regular season. Um, so that that's what label uh, caused me to label it that. I, I do like Drummond. I liked him in Philly. He had a great year backing up Joel Embiid. I mean, that was a big, uh, a big, cause for Philly's kind of downfall after that not even downfall but like their struggles right in the playoffs is yeah is when Embiid got hurt especially is is their lack of a of a good uh backup option for him and Drummond was a great backup option for him I think he's he's a good pickup he's definitely a, a good as a backup center and we'll see man maybe maybe he can actually shoot the three maybe this will just regress <laughs> the form and he'll go like oh for his next 18 or something but you know as long as he's He's actually a better passer than credited, you know, um, yes. even in, in Detroit, he was a, a really good passer. Um, he averaged quite a few assists per game. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but uh, he was uh, like the hub of their offense. So I don't expect him to be the hub of the Bulls offense. I just, like you said, I just want him to be a competent backup center. And he has shown to be more than capable of that so far. All I need him to do is to, because he's not going to be playing that many minutes because which is going to be playing in the bulk of them. Give me a good solid twelve to twenty minutes each right. game where you right. can where you're gonna rebound the ball, you're gonna play good uh, rim protection, you're gonna play some solid help defense and maybe help facilitate on offense. If you can make a three, I don't expect that to be an outlier. Like I, I think it was just like a one time thing because it's preseason. You just go ahead and just yak them up if you can. Right. Um, I've seen Dwight Howard do it. Uh, just because Dwight Howard can make a three-point shot does not mean I want Andre Drummond to do the same. <laughs> right. But no, like I mean, if you're wide the fuck open, why not take it? You know, like if, if we Absolutely. we say that about we say that about Ben Simmons. So yeah, why not? Right. All right. Uh, let's move on to your three-star pick, man. Uh, my three-star pick is the depth on the team is a big takeaway. Now, uh, you know, again, if you talk about Drummond and Dragic, uh, you now have Patrick Williams for a full season. Even if he's coming off the bench, what that's replacing, I mean, Drummond is replacing, you know, Tony Bradley, who moves down to, like, the absolute end of the bench, you know, with, mm-hmm. as your third center. That That's a that's a positive to me. I, In fact, I expect uh, uh, to see, and I think we will see, Derek Jones Jr. play more as a small ball five than we will see Tony Bradley Tony Bradley play. Uh, oh, yeah. No more Tristan Thompson, thank God. You know, that's great. <laughs> I um, thought we weren't going to call him by name. <laughs> that's right. We weren't going to call him by name. <laughs> totally forgot. Um, uh, I apologize for that misstep. But we're replacing guys like Devon Dotson, Matt Thomas, Alfonso McKinney, Troy Brown Jr., uh, and he who shall not be named with with guys like Dragic, Drummond, now our, our rookie who looks like a lot of energy, almost a lot like Io did at the beginning of last year in Dale and Terry. Mm-hmm. You have Pat Will for you know for most of a season instead of like the 25% of a season that he played last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big, big boost to the depth. Even having lost Lonzo Ball, um, that I'm a lot more confident in the Bulls' second unit than we were last oh, year. Oh, for sure. And that that kind of speaks to what uh, uh, what Billy Donovan said, uh, the Bulls' coach, uh, in regards to being able to play the the bench unit without necessarily needing Demar to handle all the offense for them. Oh, yeah, and I think that's where a pickup like a Dragic is going to come in handy because he can't facilitate the offense mm-hmm. for a lot of players. And then you're going to have a Caruso off the bench. You're going to have. Uh, guys, we haven't even mentioned like Kobe Javante, White, Kobe White, Javante Green, uh, Andre Drummond, Derek Jones Jr. So they're stepped on this team. Um, you know what? I, I was a little underwhelming, and maybe it's because of what everyone was uh, out around the Bulls were doing this offseason. But the fact that the Bulls didn't make any splashy moves this offseason or make it add some pieces like a Boyan or a Gallinari. They really left you like kind of like defeated and deflated at what they did. But when you really take a look at their roster, it's it's not that bad, especially hoping you get Alonzo Ball at some point in in December, January, February. Right. Hopefully that adds to the depth by adding an Ayo Desumu off the bench and just making that second unit even that more f- formidable. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think, uh, like you said, the teams around them did a lot and the Bulls had the capability to do so and didn't, which, 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 you know, leaves a sour taste in most Bulls fans, you know, minds there. But um, regardless of that, what with what they did add at the end of the bench and with their rookie and with the players coming back from injury or players who were injured for most of last year, their depth is pretty decent. So uh, yeah, I think that's a good takeaway from the preseason. All right, uh, moving on to my four-star pick, man. Uh, we're actually getting by these uh, relatively quickly, which is what I like. It's going to give us a little bit more time for our awards at the end. Uh, we talked about that, and you can't really talk about the Bulls bench without this naming this guy. You talk about Vooch. Javante Green was probably the most phenomenal player for the Bulls. He played, like, what, 15, 17 minutes each game, yep. Yep. and every single minute felt like, it mattered. It was a huge impact every minute he was on the court. He was com- confident with the three-point shot. He was still moving uh, off the ball. He was playing aggressively on defense. Still athletic as all heck. That that um, that lob he, he caught from uh, Vucevic at the top of the three, three-point yeah. line, which is what got me thinking, if Vucevic can start doing those Jokic-style right. passes. Right, getting those passes, yeah. Yeah, oh, my God. To we a cutter, about, yeah. We talked about this on our Western Conference predictions episode, but – uh, Bruce Brown and Yo- and Jokic is going to be a good pairing. Well, Javante Green and Vucevic could be just as good. Um, right. I don't think it'll be as good, but it has potential to be a crazy good lineup. And when we first <laughs> recorded this, uh, we did we weren't sure if he was going to be starting or Pat was, but it was confirmed uh, earlier on today or technically Tuesday that Pat will will begin to start to start the season off and it's his it's his his starting job to lose at this point but javante was playing so fantastically that you could argue that he deserves to be that starting four so we'll move right into my four star then which is javante and uh before this news came out um i will say that my my biggest takeaway from the preseason is that javante is a perfect fit to start and uh, I kind of really think he should. Um, I mean, he can cover perimeter players on switches. Um, he cuts to the basket and launches threes, which mixes perfectly with the skill sets of our offensive players who work a lot in the mid-range. Guys like DeMar, like Vucevic, even Zach to some extent, um, Io. Um what Javante doesn't do is work in the mid-range. And that's why I think he's a perfect fit starting. He definitely had uh, the most... Like we we called uh, Vucevic the the most consistent starter. I think Javante had the most um, fantastic preseason, right? Yes. Like you said, he barely he played exactly 15 minutes a game in the preseason, and it seemed like he was everywhere for the entire game. And There's five Javantes out there. Yeah, <laughs> but like seriously, and for the entire game, you would say, oh, at the end of the night, it'd be like Javante leading scorer. He literally played 15 minutes a game. I loved what he did. His three-point shot looks improved. Um, I think a big takeaway with this is that this is the first time Javante Green has a de- defined role on a team going into a season. And yeah. while he is a bit older, he you know he's in his late 20s, um, generally you would say someone at that age range isn't going to be improving that they're kind of a known commodity. I think it's a little different with Javante because never before did he have a role on the team going into the season, going into the preseason that he knew he can prepare for. This is also a different role than he had before when he was a, essentially a guard and, you know, mm-hmm. he was a, a guard or swing, you know, a swing man. Um, now he knows exactly. He's going to be a power forward. He's going to play some three, and that's what he is. And he looks prepared, like, for his role. He knows what he is. He comes in there confident. You know, I catch the ball on, on a swing, you know, a swing pass uh, out to me, and I launch it if I'm open. Mm-hmm. When I when I don't have the ball, I cut to the basket, you know, and that's – it's it's fantastic. Uh, I love him. I think – I do think he should be starting, uh, you know, fingers crossed, because Pat Will, based on his uh, draft position, his talent, his upside, his age, you know, it would be best for the Bulls if he was the – the defined starting power forward and maybe that is why they're making him so um we'll just have to see if he can provide the the contributions that javante has learned to provide in that role right for sure uh like man the the thing with javante is that not not only has he been improving with the three-point shot it, it was more con- more confident taken Yep. Takingly, just like, like we said, mentioned, it, it's like he knew, like that's what I need to do, and that's what he he just did it, like without hesitation, and drilled those shots. Yeah, and he's still doing the things that made him such a great asset to the Bulls bench last year, and moving without the ball, being a being a uber uh, um, 
enthusiastic, energetic player. Fighting for uh, rebounds. Yes. You know, loose balls. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it's how uh, Stacey Keen's out there saying there's five Javantes because he's just about everywhere. Yep. And uh, that kind of energy is infectious. And you do kind of want that with the starters because especially with Zach Levine, he does have a tendency of like kind of like going through the motions, kind of yeah, like coasting from time to time. Just being too cool for school like on offense or even on defense. But at the game I was at in attendance for during preseason against the Nuggets, I did see Zach moving a little bit more like on defense, going to to a contested shooter and getting back to his man. I saw him moving a lot. And I think you, you kind of credit that for seeing the uh, Javante moving so well. You, it's infectious, man. And you kind of love that. And with Javante now kind of being coming off the bench, I think he's my he's a he's a sleeper. He's my dark horse pick for six man of the year if he keeps things up. It's a good dark horse pick. Uh, usually, the guys who win six man, um, you know, score a lot more, and I think that's sometimes quite undeserving. Uh, mm-hmm. Todd Gibson and uh, Andre Godala, I think, were both just robbed. They were like clear. Yes clearly the six men in, in those respective years and they they didn't get it over you know guys like jamal crawford and lou williams yeah. um but yeah i think uh that's a good pick he definitely is going to be an impact player for the bulls yeah um so you said javante was your four right yes he okay. was my four and we kind of yeah we went up to like i think we skipped over depth there but whatever so I will, um, oh no, you're right. You're right. We're working our way up. My bad. <laughs> so yeah, he was my four star. Yeah. Okay. So my four star, since we're talking about that, uh, let's talk about the man that's uh, gonna get his, the starting job is uh, Patrick Williams. Just being aggressive in that final preseason game without the the Slash Bros, uh, Demar Derozan, and uh, Zach Levine. He's admitted that he's more aggressive offensively when when the starters aren't there and he's just there without those two guys playing. But you would hope that kind of aggressiveness is more so now that he's going to be a starter. You want to see that consistently because he can be what Javante gives you. You know, he can hit that 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 corner three. He can cut to the baskets. There's a lot that he can do. And Demar obviously took this guy under his wing, took him to like train with him in L.A. Zach loves the guy. Like the whole team likes this guy and wants to see him prosper. And you, you hope that it continues. So, um, I don't know. I, I just like to see the aggressiveness. And that was my t- takeaway from Pat Will, is that when he's aggressive with the starters, he's he, he can be a great addition. If he's not, he's tentative, he's hesitant, then you, you're better off having him on the bench and having Javante starting with the guys. What, what are yeah, your thoughts? I definitely agree. I Again, like I said, I, I wanted Javante starting because of the way he fits with those starters and how tentative Patrick Williams is when he plays um, with uh, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Um, but again, I hope Pat Will can stick as a starter, but this could come down to the rotations. You don't know. Like per, the, He may sub out Pat Will earlier in the game and bring him back in with the bench unit to make a, you know, to make a, 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 yes. a, a whole bench five, but with Pat Will. Um, definitely he he's so much it's not just aggressive it's he has the opportunity to handle the ball and he just seems more relaxed when um he's playing with the bench players i think playing with somebody like goran Dragic is also going to help him because you know one of my frustrations that i repeated (laughs) all through last year is the fact that they didn't run the the screen and roll with patrick williams setting a screen and rolling hard to the rim with his length and athleticism you would think that would draw defenders or at least open them up for those lob dunks but he never does it with the starters i saw Dragic do it you know as soon as he played with him a, a few times in the preseason in those limited minutes so i'm i'm hopeful that he does get some time if he's not you know immediately able to replicate what he did uh without the starters to then do it with the starters in the regular season that perhaps he will get the bench play time that lets him do you know run have the ball in his hands to run a pick and roll or set a screen for Dragic and then roll to the rim and get a nice pass from Dragic is an excellent playmaker and mm-hmm. i think he could really help patrick williams in that area and what helps too is that he can knock down the long ball when yeah, he's a good shooter yeah, so he will be a threat, so people will have to stick to him. His defender is going to have to stick to him. So it will ease, make it easier for him to get the ball in stride as he's cutting to the basket. Uh, you, like you said, I saw it with Dragic. You would like to see it with Zach. Like, 
Imagine him and yes. like him and Zach or him and Demar do, doing that. That's what I, I really want. Yeah, with with him rolling to the rim and one of those guys and their passing ability to hit him. If the defense collapses on them, as they're probably going to want to do with them being primary offensive uh, scorers, mm-hmm. like they can hit Pat Will for so many plays right around the basket. If if uh, if they actually are able to run that screen and roll play. Yeah, and, and that's the big thing. That that's why it's uh, number four on my list. Because it's very high on my list because he needs to be aggressive. That was my big takeaway because like if he if he's if he's not aggressive with the starters, then he should be coming off the bench because you right. want that aggressive Patrick Williams. Uh-huh. Um let's let's pivot, man. What's your what's your number five? So we've mentioned mostly positive so far, even when we've talked about some downsides. My uh five star takeaway here is uh slight negative. I think the team has a bit of a poor defensive balance in their closing and opening lineups without Lonzo Ball. Now this hinges a lot on how Patrick Williams can perform and whether he can stay on the floor and be a contributor on offense and actually be able to become a plus defender, which regardless of his tools, he actually hasn't really been yet. Um, but what I mean by them having poor defensive balance without Lonzo is the fact that, you know, in your winning time lineup, right, you mm-hmm. are forced to choose right now with the Bulls between three-point shooting with Kobe White, playmaking with Goran Dragic, or Alex Caruso for defense. And that's, you know, not even counting Io, and is kind of like in between of all of those. Yeah. Um, and that with Lonzo, you get someone who can hit and will hit and take a lot of three-pointers, high-level defender, probably the Bulls' best defender, yeah. and can also playmake. And that's the problem, is without Lonzo, you're now stuck with you know offensive scorers who are not great defenders. Even at their best, it's going to be average, right? Zach, uh, Damar, Vucevic, um, you're hoping for average defense out of them. And that means you have to put defenders out there who are not exactly offensive threats or three-point threats who even if they can hit it, are not going to draw the defense to them, right? Like Lonzo would. Lonzo Mm -hmm. forces you to cover him. Whereas even if Pat Will catches the ball, the teams will be just fine leaving him open until he can, you know, prove that he will take a high number of threes and hit a high number of threes. And that will take a while. So that defensive balance is concerning. I think it's going to cost them a few games in the early part of the year as they figure out their rotation. And as they figure out, you know, whether Patrick Williams will be in that closing lineup, if he can, if he can be an offensive threat while playing plus defense, or if it can be IO, you know, they're going to need a little bit of time to figure that out, um, what their closing lineup is. And I think that the defense in those times is going to hurt them. Yeah, definitely, man. And I don't know. It's one of those negative things about the Chicago Bulls that you really impacts whether or not you can put them in the top four, top five, top six right. consistently. I don't know, man. It's, it's one of the things to look at. I mean, it's one of the main reasons that when we did our Eastern Conference rankings, it's that I had them ranked uh, lower, you know, at sixth, uh, um, because I think that defense is going to is going to really bite them, even if the offense comes around, um, depending on when Lonzo comes back and what his um, what he looks like, right, what he looks like, like what kind of what kind of uh, shape and and capability he's going to be in. It's it's I think that's what's going to hurt them and keep them down uh, a little bit in the standings compared to how good the competition is and how tough it's going to be. That's the reason I have them ranked outside of the top four. Yeah, I I, I get you. Um, All right, we're just uh, we're going to pivot, man, to uh, my my five star. Yeah, well, we're gonna gonna get a little bit more positive here, and we're gonna <laughs> t- talk about how much I loved what I saw from Daylon Terry. Yeah, it could be another steal of a first uh, first round pick. We got him at what, like 18, 17? 17th pick, I believe. Yeah, seventeenth pick. Yeah, like like you gotta love that guy. He came in and the the one sole loss in preseason against the New Orleans Pelicans, he almost single handedly was responsible for the. That was ridiculous back. when he came in the game. That was the first preseason game too, right? I mean, it, yeah. it was it was insane. He just came in and like was just a ball of energy and cut the deficit to nothing. Took the lead actually under. He got the, the crowd angle. back into the game because they he were did kinda, in a preseason kinda, game. Yeah, dude. Um, he had the energy. Obviously, he had a lot of turnovers, but you, you like to see the aggressiveness from Adelian Terry because that's kind of what we just stressed about seeing in the Patrick Williams. And you yep. already see that from Adelian Terry. Um, he, to me, is uh, similar to like a joking Noah-type mold-esque player where he's going to give you a lot of energy right now. He's a lot of raw energy, but you give him time to develop, you groom, and you 
like kind of like harness that energy and he could be a key piece for your team going forward. He could be one of those guys like a Javante Green, like an Ion DeSumo or an Alex Caruso that's going to be crucial on defense and maybe even offense. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, I, I, I had him, I didn't have him listed in, in my top six takeaways, but I had him listed as an underrated highlight because God, he was fun to watch. And the high turnovers is actually a positive for somebody who, who, whose hands are going to put the ball in because mm-hmm. players who are not making high turnovers in their first years, aren't actually trying to make plays. Um, generally good point guards, you know, and, and we don't know if Dylan Terry is going to be a point guard, but he's certainly going to have the ball in his hands. Yeah. They always have a high level of turnovers in their first few years. That's how they figure out what plays they can and can't make. And that's what shows you that they're actually trying to make plays. And boy, Dylan Terry is trying to make plays, not just scoring for himself. He's not just a gunner looking for his own shot. But when he did, like he's confident, man, making those yeah, – in the, I think it was the Pelicans game, the one that you're talking about where he's doing mm-hmm. the comeback. He keeps driving in the paint, and when he doesn't have a passing lane, he just pivots and finds a way to get that shot up and just hit shot after shot in traffic in the paint. That was yes. impressive. I, I really did like what I saw from Dale and Terry. Oh, he's he's going to be a great pickup. Uh, you, you, I feel like you can just kind of tell with some rookies that get drafted by the Bulls. They're like, oh, they, you're going to love them. Like yeah. you saw that with Io. Taj. You saw you saw that with Taj. You saw that with Noah. Yep. You saw that with a Kirk Henrick or a Luol Deng oh, or yeah. he, even a Ben Gordon. But then there's the Denzel Valentine. <laughs> yeah. The Who's Chandler immediately just like, oh, no, that can't be it. Like, I'm hoping for more. I'm hoping for more. But in the back of your mind, you know that's it. Yeah, yeah. He, he, looks, he looks more like a Taj Gibson than he does a Denzel Valentine. And that's a yeah, good thing. Most definitely. Uh, let's move on, man. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here, uh, with your six star pick. And if I'm not mistaken, if I, I remember things correctly, your six star pick is actually my six star pick. So why don't you lead us off, man? I believe so. It is the ball movement, uh, of the offense, the, the far improved offensive flow that we saw out of the bulls. This is so much better to watch and a lot more three point attempts. I mean, the ball was hopping. Everybody was moving it. You mentioned so many players already who made great passes like Vucevic, uh, like DeMar, like Zach. Uh, uh, we talked about Zach's you know, chemistry with his, with his teammates seeming to be pretty good as far as passing the ball. Uh, Javante mm-hmm. whipping the ball around, Dale and Terry at the end of the bench. But everybody was doing it. It, it shows that it's the system, not just the players, but they are focused on moving the ball. They had cutters. That's, how, that's really why Javante shines so much is because the ball's moving everywhere and Javante's finding his, his seat to get to the basket and they're getting him the ball it was very good to see as far as three-pointers go the bulls were last in the league last year um, we all know the struggles they had not just down the stretch of the regular season but especially in the playoffs when not only were they not willing to take threes but they were so so unsure of themselves when taking them that they were not hitting anything and teams mm-hmm. were leaving just everybody to, to converge on demar well let's give you some numbers Javante, someone we talked about a lot this year in the preseason, in those very few 15 minutes a game, launching two point over two three-pointers a game, 2.3. Um, last year, during the regular season, when he got quite a bit of playing time, 23.4 was a starter for much of it, he launched 1.6. He mm. basically launched one and a half threes a game last year. This year in the preseason, he barely plays over a quarter and is launching over two. That's great to see, and the and this was this is what I mean about him knowing his role coming into this year and being being uh, comfortable in that is that when he was preparing for the year last year in the preseason last year he played about the same minutes he played sixteen point four so slightly more he only took a three every other game in the preseason last year half mm-hmm. a three a game so that shows that now he knows he seems like he worked on it the offense is emphasizing it and he's taking three pointers Patrick Williams this year in the preseason took three three-pointers a game in just 22 minutes. Last year, he actually shot 51% from, from three-point range. Awesome. This is why we want him to take more. He played almost the same. He actually played a little bit more, almost 25 minutes a game uh, during the regular season that he did get in for last year. Took 1.7. So he's almost double that in fewer minutes per game. And then finally, Ayo DeSumo. You know, somebody, another person who now has, has uh, coming into the year with a more defined role than last year where he was trying to see if we didn't even know if he was going to be down in the G League. Well, mm-hmm. this year he's a starting point guard. Uh, he's taking nearly three three-pointers a game in 24 and a half minutes. Last year, took significantly less. Well, not significantly, but he took quite a bit fewer. He took like a little less than two and a half in more minutes per game. So now everybody knows what they're doing. The ball is moving. When it hits their hands and they're open, they know they're taking that three-pointer and they're hitting it. 
Yeah, and you see that all extend all the way from the starters in in, in the Vucevic and Ayo Sumo all the way down to like the bench guys like Javante Green, Nas Caruso, and then Kobe White. Kobe White, we forget that he's a streaky shooter and he could probably go off for twenty if if he go he gets hot. Easily. And, and not to mention Andre Drummond. If that extends all the way to Andre <laughs> Drummond, that lets you know that everyone's taking three. Yeah, man. If Andre Drummond is comfortable catching the ball on a swing to him and just taking the three without hesitating, then you know that that's what the offense is. Watch out. Watch out, NBA. The Bulls are coming, and they're going to gonna have the most threes this season. Right? Uh, Who says you can't play him and Vucevic together? They're both off by the three-point line, launching three-pointers. Exactly. <laughs> it gives Zach and the bar all the, all the room and, and that they want right to in the range, yeah. Oh, man. But, it, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly like you mentioned, man. That was my six-star pick as well. Was uh, th- uh, the ball movement that was great. That was sorely needed, especially without Alonzo Ball. And it just makes you feel good. It's not even just in the half court. When they play it, when they get a defensive stop, get the rebound, they're off to the runnings. And that's what they need to get back to. They were playing very fast with Lonzo Ball. Yep. They were pushing the pace. Like I said, he, he was either pushing the ball himself or he was throwing the ball up the court to a Javante Green, to uh, Derrick Jones Jr., uh, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Io, the works, right? Yep. Well, guys like Zach, guys like DeMar, guys like uh, Goran Dragic, Alex Caruso, everyone needs to be able to do that. And I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a good season. I think they're going to like have another strong start to the season. And I don't think they're going to fall off because it's going to have the inverse effect. Because when Lonzo went down, they really took a big blow to their defense and their offense. But they're going to start things off well enough to where they're going to be in the middle of the road in the Eastern Conference. And then I think Lonzo's going to come back. And again, I'm the optimistic one out of the two. <laughs> so I do believe they're going to be much better than advertised. And I kind of like the fact that people are underestimating them again. Because... I mean, this is what gives me the most hope for the Bulls season is watching them play this way without Lonzo. Launching the threes, moving the ball around in the half court. It's not getting stuck with DeMar and, and, and four people watching him. We even DeMar moved the ball. And then, like you said, getting out on the fast break without Lonzo finally like that that's a huge positive. This yes. is yes, what gives exactly. me the most hope for this season. For sure, man. And uh and that was my biggest concern going into the season without Alonso Ball. Yes, defense, whatever. But for me, it was mostly the offense because towards the end there, it really just seemed like it got ugly. Bar, it got ugly. Like it was just ISO ball with DeMar and they were he was being double teamed. Then Zach was really just like you were saying, Euro enforcing his way to the basket or step back three, you yep. know. So it, the offense was just more fluid, a lot more cohesive, and it felt a little bit more kind of like a San Antonio esque offense where the ball was fizzing, fizzing around, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, those are our six star pace guys. Let us know what you guys thought of the Chicago Bulls in preseason, what you thought after their first or second, first uh, regular season game, depending on when this goes up. Again, have yet to determine that, but it will be going out. I will make sure that that's the thing. Before we wrap things up, we're going to be uh, doing our rapid fire uh, team awards. So, uh, Bosh, we're going to get things started, and uh, let's let's see if I can get some dramatic music going. All right, all right. We're going to start things off with most improved player. Who do, you, who do you think is going to be the most improved player on the Chicago Bulls team? Well, uh, people may hope it's Patrick Williams or um, even Zach Levine. I think it's Io DeSumo, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm confident in him from what I saw last year, and I'm really impressed with the way he played this so far under control uh, with his role. I think Io DeSumo is going to be the most improved player for the Bulls. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, Io, I think he's going to take that next step forward, especially being the starting point guard, knowing from the jump that he's going to be the starter. So I think that's going to help. So and now knowing how to play the position, you know, after yeah. a whole year. And it's only going to be able to be going up. He's only going to be improving from where he left off last year. If he has that three-point shot, he hands down gets that for me. Uh, next, man, who's going to be the bull scoring leader? Who do you think? Uh, well... I would say DeMar, based on how well he, which we barely even touched on, but he looked absolutely in midseason, like his fringe MVP candidate form, man. Just from dominating the Drew League, coming down and and just being DeMar instantly uh, uh, on offense. But uh, I do think, despite 
the fact that he'll start off slow. By the end of the year, it'll be Zach Levine. All right. Yeah, I, I got you, man. It, it, I have Zach Levine as well because I feel like he has to be the scoring leader here. Uh, he has to be the number one option for this Bulls team to be at its absolute peak and reach its potential. So, and we're agreeing here, man. Knocking them out one by one. Zach Levine, the scoring leader for the Bulls. Uh, six man. We had a, we had a little bit of uh, argument last time, back and forth, but now we know who's going to be yeah. starting, who's going to be coming off the bench. Does that sway your opinion here? It does because I think I think I went with Caruso uh, initially when I when I thought Javante would be starting, um, but yeah, it's if Javante's coming off the bench, it's going to have to be Javante because Caruso is going to be used in in certain spots, and there's a lot more. Uh, guards that we're going to rotate in and out of the lineup it still actually could be caruso man he's he's such a dominant yeah, player he's, he's but, that good but javante is like penciled in at the four you're going to be playing patrick williams or javante green the vast majority of the time you know sometimes he might go small and have four guards out there sometimes he might throw Derek jones jr out there but i think the vast majority of the time is going to be javante green uh he's also generally held up a little bit more physically so yes. he'll probably get more playing time through the year because he'll be less uh less knickknack injuries and whatnot so going with javante green here for sure uh i can't agree with you man i got javante but that was my argument last time. I think he's coming off the bench. He's going to give us that energy. He reminds me of a Taj Gibson-esque type player coming off the bench and doing everything you need him to do. There's five Javantes out there, and all five of them are going to get that six, man. Uh, <laughs> defensive player of the year, man. Who you got? No Lonzo Ball. But Lonzo this, would have been the easy pick. Lonzo me. would have been the easy pick, yeah. Assuming he's he's out extensively. Alex Caruso. I mean, there's there's players who have, uh, you know, Zach, as you talked about, he showed a lot more defensive attention to detail on rotations on help defense on getting back to his man. Um, I think he's going to be much improved. He's not going to be the defensive player of the year if he is. And it's not because the other defenders are so bad, but it's because of how how much Zach improved. then that would be awesome for the Bulls. But I think that's expecting quite a bit much. Um, Javante, again, has provides a lot of things and decent defense, but nobody provides the sort of just just take the ball away from you. That sort of old Bears takeaway yeah. defense, you know, pick six defense that Caruso does. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He that point of attack defense is fantastic, and him and, and Lonzo were a two headed monster on Absolutely. on the perimeter last year, and I think he's going to pick up the slack from where he left off last year. So ask Caruso, man. We're we're in agreement. Last but not least, man, who's going to be the Bulls MVP this year? Um, I think once again we're going to go with Zach Levine. Now, last time we we had a bit of a disagreement, not on the MVP, but on scoring leader, just because I thought Zach might start slow enough that Demar would still be the scoring leader. But you know what? After having a couple of days to, to stew on it, um, I, I I put Zach in for scoring leader by the end of the year. I think he's, and if that's true, then he's the MVP. Yeah, same here, man. He has to be in the MVP. And again, it, it, the easy answer is Demar Derozan because of the season he put up last year. Arguably, his best year in his entire career was in the, and showing in, up in that same form right now. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. He's he, he came in in MVP form and. He was in the top three of MVP MVP voting for the entire league last year, so he's an easy bet to be the Bulls MVP this year as well. But man, I'm gonna it has to be Zach, and I I think this is more me just saying it has to be Zach than yeah, it's a bit it of wishful thinking and, and hoping and yeah. and also like projecting that if the Bulls are gonna be like good enough to to have home court even possibly or definitely to stay out of the play in that it, it's probably gonna have to be Zach to be MVP. Oh, 100%, man. Of the team, not the league. <laughs> but, uh, Bosh, with that being said, man, we uh, we knocked these out, man. Three podcasts in, three podcasts out. So. Quick quick question. So yes. we have a lot of positives to say on the Bulls. Uh, they ranked a bit lower in our rankings just because of the competition in these, not so much, you know, right. a knock on the Bulls. Win prediction, bro. What do you got? What did they end up with last year? Uh, 46, I want to say. 46 and they got the fifth seed yeah no they got the sixty. the sixth seed, the yeah. sixth seed. gonna give them like 47 48 wins this year i think i don't think they fall off like they did last year best case scenario they get they get 50 wins but i i'm, I'm gonna pencil them in at 48 i think um i got them at 44 so yeah, I just think there's just more competition in the middle. I don't think there'll be as many wins in the middle of the league or in the middle of the Eastern Conference, um, just because of how many teams between four to ten 
or four to nine anyway, are going to be battling each other. And the bottom of the East really isn't as bad as the bottom of the West either. There's just not as many easy wins to pick off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I think that's why I have them at 44, but still finishing sixth. Um, so that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a very, very close race, I think, in the Eastern Conference. You know, most most uh, predictions, I think, uh, nationally have them much lower. They have them at like 41, like 500. Oh, basically. Yeah, so no, I, no. I don't think that's going to be the case. No. I think I think I'm pretty pessimistic on the Bulls, but I still think they're at least a 44 win team. And I think right. that they get stay out of the play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think they stay out of the plan for sure. The worst case scenario is the six seed. Best case scenario, they get home court at number four. Uh, that's again wishful thinking. Depending, I do on think, how like you said, I think they're capable of being a fifty-win team easily. So, oh, a hundred percent. So uh, that's that's it for this uh, Chicago Bulls team preview. Don't worry, don't fret. If we did not talk about your favorite team, we'll be talking about a few teams. Obviously, I did mention we'll be talking about the Raptors team preview. We're going to be collaborating with Winston at Wallop. We're going to be talking about with Bashar at see if uh, his schedule is available to like link up with everybody. If not, I'll be holding things down. If not, me and Bashar, we're going to be back here talking Clippers, Lakers, Nets. A lot Nuggets. of interesting teams. There's yeah. a lot of teams. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted. And um, obviously, stay tuned for no, more straight talk. And if you like this content, go ahead and uh, like, comment, subscribe, download this episode, give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you consume all your audio podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. Follow us on social media at Vince on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow Sharet on Instagram, System Lord without the E. Yes, sir. And we weren't able to do it in the first two episodes, but go ahead and plug uh, Shy Cares. I'm going to plug Shy Care again. Winter's coming up. It's very important now to kind of get supplies, clothing, tents, heaters, etc., along with the food that's delivered every week, uh, sometimes more. Just definitely in the winter, we try to make more runs uh, than even in the summer, just based on the need and the, and the dire circumstances people are living in in some areas. Uh, so please visit chi-care, shy-care.org. Uh, search it on Instagram. You can follow them uh, on social media. You can donate. You can volunteer. And you don't have to. If you can come out on a run, great. It's very fulfilling, very helpful. But you can even volunteer just to go to the warehouse and help sort supplies and, and, yeah. and get them ready to go out. For sure. For sure. So uh, for Bashara and myself, uh, this has been the Straight Talk Podcast. Check out Team Preview. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Later, y'all. Peace.